Welcome to Life Camera Action, a lifestyle podcast for filmmakers, writers, and other creatives. I'm your host, Victoria Rook, filmmaker and brand architect. And over the last several years, I've been helping creative entrepreneurs discover their brand voice, design their brand experience, and develop the ultimate creative lifestyle that allows them to live into their passions. Life Camera Action is all about empowering you with best business practices, industry tips, and creative mindsets so that you can accelerate your success in your craft. Today's episode was filmed in front of a virtual audience, more specifically, the World Dominating Alliance members. These are our clients that play with us on a weekly basis as we guide them in growing their companies and ultimately dominate their world, equaling world domination. My guest, Rook, will be on the hot seat today as we discuss growing up as a creative and how to stay in the flow. So if you want a life filled with success, creativity, and flow, then stay tuned. Life camera action. Today we have a super special episode with my very first guest and dad, Rook. Welcome, Rook. What's up, baby girl? <laughs> What's funny is I call you dad, but I try to call you Rook because that's how people refer to you as. And it's really funny if they don't know that you're my dad. I'm like, oh yeah, dad. I'm like, who the heck is that? We're at conferences and all of that. But you're also Rook, which people do think it's really funny that I call you that. But it's worse when you call me Daniel and I don't answer. Well, nobody knows. Yeah, nobody knows <laughs> I've had people ask me when we've been at conferences, like, what is, what is his real name? I was like, no, Rook is his name. It's his last name. Like, yeah, but what's his first name? Like, oh, Daniel. And you're like, really? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> nobody the knows. Lions. No one knows. Yeah. So today is a really special day. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? And then we have some cool questions for you. Cool. So today... Uh, is today's actually October 6, 2020, which is the 22nd year anniversary for uh, Blink, our full service market advertising firm, which is responsible for all this wonderfulness. In a couple of years before that, I started Rook Illustrations and I grew that into a full service agency and I incorporated today, 22 years ago. So I'm 22 today. What's up? Now y'all know my age. There you go. Yeah. So you were always super creative and, you know, grandma's given me some fun stories on how you were as a kid. And, um, she's talked about how you just, you grew up creative. You would take over the family room with your sets and all that. And it was just really apparent that you were going to be artistic in some sort of capacity as you grew up. Was there a moment that you knew as a creative that you were going to fully embrace that? And it, were there anybody was there anyone in your life that tried to say, you know, go with more of a traditional route? Like you don't need to be an artist or be creative and all that, like do something that would be secure or, you know, traditional or normal. Have, have, have you, have you met your granddad? Are you trying to bring up the skeleton from your first guest and you're going there? No, this is, this is, is a this tell is? all. We're being names. So I love, I love doodling. Okay. And then I was in um, elementary school and the teacher was like, had to do assignments. So she made some time up for the kids. Like, Hey kids do this. Right. And so they, she said, draw this picture. And it was a painting of George Washington. And I got lost in it. 
And that was the first time I was challenged, like, you know, focused to go do something with this skill. And as I did it, I was done as happy. I sat back and the whole class was hovering over me and it freaked me out. Now this is very early in kindergarten. And so I'm very shy. I, you know, new, new place, new school, new people. And it freaked me out little panic attack real quick. But then I realized what I did was good. Theirs did not look like the picture. Uh, and I did something they couldn't do. And I, and I got a good reaction out of it. And so I literally went home that day and I said, mom, I want to be an artist. And that's the day, that's literally the day I found myself um, in, in, in the world, quite frankly. And I know that we're recording this and something recording about this is, which is kind of unique is that we have a live audience today too. So, which is really, really beautiful and brilliant. I know that all of y'all don't, uh, on Victoria's podcast can't see this, but I will show you, this is my first picture ever drawn. That's George Washington. And my mom did not believe me. St. Barb, we call her, because she's so, she's so freaking awesome. And she's like, she came there to the open house and she said, how did my son climb on those cabinets to trace that? And she, and they go, well, he did it. He drew it. She says, he really, drew, I thought he, I did not believe he drew that. And so that's the, my first picture. My second picture is this, my cat, which was the next year. If you notice, look at that tag. It says Rook. Woo, Brandon already. Brandon already. And so those two pieces hang in my mom's house. So those are my first two pieces. Isn't that cool? Now, the flip side, my mom, now look, she's a saint. She's Saint Barb. She's awesome. She was a uh, master in English. Not her fault with my spelling, though. That's my fault. She was uh, a guidance counselor. That's why I turned out really healthy. Uh, she was a vice principal. And then she uh, administrative at the school board and then she retired and she's really cool and she was a great encourager what she taught me what is what i do with y'all is find the spark you know one of the things that i'm going through right now is is because i've realized what i'm doing and how much i'm hustling i'm like wait i don't want to leave my family or missing golden nuggets there so one of the things i did is and i got this from my mom so here's i'm sorry here's the point i've asked all my kids what can i pour into you what are you excited about? What are you into? What can, I, what can I do to amplify that? And so that led to, oh, two weekends. Or last, was it last weekend? It was last weekend. or Yeah, yeah it was that last weekend. I think it was we last weekend. I rearranged my Star Wars room because they wanted a Barbie, a Barbie town. Now, my Star Wars room is about 1,400 square feet and big buildings. I mean, like huge stuff. So I rearranged that and they go, well, I want to get more creative stuff. So I rearranged my theater hashtag. Jason Webb's bedroom when he stays here in our guest house in our studio. So I re-raised the back room of our theater. I made a whole creative area for them. And so that's what mom did. That, you know, when we bought a, a, a property, it was, had 172 trees. And she took me there without any of the kids. And, 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 and it was on the backyard. So you really couldn't see how big the property was. And so she brought me there by myself. And she opened the back door and she goes, this is your playground. You know, that's who your mom was. And I took it literally, seriously, I took it serious. And so, you know, I, I built uh, matchbox cities. And it's like, it, it was like probably three, it was three quarters of an acre. It wasn't acres, three quarters of an acre. So I had towns dug everywhere. Then I would take all the jungle gym stuff and I'd hang it upside down really dangerously. Like, you know, that dome, the monkey bar dome as kids, you know, that you could not have these days because it rusts and metal and people get tetanus from it, from stepping on it. I took it, hung it upside down a tree, put my friends in it. 
you know, swinging around. I'm in amusement parks as a kid. I would light things on fire, blow things up. When Star Wars came out, I reproduced all the Star Wars effect with zip lines and blowing up Star Wars stuff. And I never burnt. And she trusted me because I had a good balance of, no, no, I'm not going to be stupid with it, mom. I'm just going to do something crazy. And she, she poured into that and she trusted that. And I love it. You know, a couple months ago, no, actually it's been longer than that, but she came in and she was, boy, I'm, I'm certainly glad I never told you couldn't do anything because it's, it's been afforded me a, a, a unique thing that uh, we live into. And so that was my great encouragement. My mom, my dad, well, you know, he's dad. Now he's a great guy. You know, he paid for college. He, he was a horrible husband, great ex-husband. You know, when they got divorced and I th- said, mom, you, you know, you're welcome. Because when I was born, they got divorced. I said, that's my gift to you. And he was like, here's the house. Here's the car. I'll pay for college. Don't worry about it. And we all went to the same church. My dad, my stepmom, my mom, you know, it, I mean, it, at some point, my stepdad. So it was, we had a healthy family environment. But for some reason, for him and me, he just treated the son differently, like his dad did him. So he was the guy that always told me I couldn't do it. He was a practical guy going, no, you, you shouldn't do that. And no, and, and, and I, I will tell you, you know, I, I realized that epiphany when Aaron Young had me on his podcast. I said, what's the advice you tell your younger self? And I didn't think about it. I said, do the opposite of what my dad has always told me. <laughs> I mean, so that sums it up. He's a great guy. He just really sucks with me. Now y'all know why Nighthawk's the number one man in my life. So there, there's a lot there, but that's, there you go, baby. There's any more skeletons you want, but I do want to say this. Okay. It's given me a good balance of what I want and what I don't want. We all have different experiences. I have just as much baggage as everybody else. I'm from Fort Myers, Florida, no disparaging there, but there's no big industries there. There is a newlywed, you know, nearly dead and, and healthcare and real estate. And that's it. Right. So how can an artist come out of there and actually make something out of it? It's because of the raw ambition, passion that my mom like instilled in me, encouraged in me. And that's what I do with you. And and I know y'all are listening to my daughter right now and you have no idea. She's 23 years old, barely. So she's about as old as my company, but she's got more wisdom than I ever, I can ever imagine. I mean, seriously, she tells me what to do. When someone asks me, even the household, like, what do you think? I say, ask Victoria, whatever she says, I'm going to do it. So it, it's really like that. So it's, it's the joy of pouring into others. And I challenge all of y'all to look at the ones that you love and go, hey, what are you into right now? What can I invest in you? What can I pour into you? You know, it's led to incredible things. Yes, you might have to rearrange your house. Yes, you might. Seriously, you might go Tatooine, not Tatooine, uh, Queen, on, Queen on a Madala's planet. I'm so sorry. Naboo. Please don't get hate mail on this. Naboo. Naboo. There we go. So the Yoda, which is life-size statue opening into Queen Amidala's Naboo, that is now gone. I had to rearrange it. I'm like, okay, I'll sacrifice that. This planet, no more. It's all going to be Barbies. But what I realized was what's more important is exciting them, wowing them. And when you do it, you can produce incredible people like Victoria Rook. So for those of you who don't know what he's talking about as far as him rearranging Naboo and moving the Yoda statue, what he's referring to is his Star Wars room, which is, what did you say? I think it's a four-car garage that you converted. And... You have an amazing wife and my amazing mom that would let you do that. So growing up, so he has the best Star Wars collection ever.com. And you can go and see pictures of that. Growing up, that was how we spent so many weekends is we built bases and we would take pieces from um, like packaging material. So styrofoam and plastic and 
all that. And we would recycle it into these really freaking cool bases. And then he would like run electricity through it. And it was really cool. And I didn't realize how, um, I guess not normal that was, that was just, that was very normal for us. And I think one of the other things too, that you mentioned was, um, I love that you asked us, and this is not the first time you've asked us either. This is not like a, a brand new thing for you growing up. You've always been cool with whatever we wanted to do, as long as we gave it our best effort. So we got to do a lot of extracurricular activities. Um, I was the only one that chose to do any sports. So I'm the athlete out of the family, but there's, I mean, art lessons, guitar lessons, dance, voice lessons. We got to do all these cool things because you wanted us to pour into the things that we wanted to, and you wanted to be the one to support us through that. And so this past weekend, when we were talking about that again, of like, you know, as we up-level our lives, you know, what's something else that you want us to be pouring our time in as a family and individually, what were the things that we wanted to highlight? And so for, for our live audience who can see things right now, one of the things I chose was I wanted to spend more time doing my graphite drawings. That's what, thanks. That's what I grew up doing. And so this is um, one of the pieces of art that I have that is inspired by one of the screenplays that I'm writing, one of my television series. And so it's fun to get to do things like that as a family. I don't feel like any of us ever felt like, you know, like, oh, mom and dad just don't get it. They just don't understand this thing called art and the things that I'm passionate about. I felt like you were always very cool with, um, I don't feel like you ever not get, I don't feel like you ever like didn't get it. But I also feel like if you didn't, you would have made sure to figure out how to get it too. And I think there's a big, um, I think that's something that a lot of parents miss is, you know, you, you would, I know that you would never have been okay not understanding something and then just letting it just kind of be that way. Like, I know you would have always wanted to fully understand something so that you can be immersive in it with me. I love that. So there's a difference. There's a dictator and there's a teacher. And, you know, I've, I've walked your teachers and when they're in private school, I said, listen, I pay you. So you listen to me, you know, you're a dictator. You're not a teacher. A teacher figures out how to get through the kid. A dictator says, do it like this. My kids should run the school. By the way, the school came back and said, you're correct. Your kids should be teaching the class. And speaking of that same genius kid, you know, one of my favorite lines from your, your sister, Olivia, was, okay, dad, just quit encouraging me so much. <laughs> Look, I like that. That's when you know you're on the right tracks. <laughs> um, and so, but, but I do want to give a clarification because it sounds really weird that I turn a garage into a Star Wars room. It is a four bay garage plus some, um, and we have multiple driveways <laughs> and multiple parking, including for RVs. But when I got the house, I'm like, and it's all insulated, air conditioning, doors are like, it's really, really cool. So it's more like a big old shop. So I have a couple shops around the place. Yeah. Well, and what's funny is no matter what house or city we've lived in, there's always been the Star Wars room. And so mm -hmm. like growing what? up. That was, that was huge. When I went, so my, your mom and I did a lot of sacrifices. And one of them was that I wanted a career when I interviewed her. And I was like, this girl's awesome. I interviewed her and I said, I want to have a career. And she goes, I want to be a, I want to be a home mom, a stay home mom. I said, cool, love it. And so to, to honor that, the goals, the passions, you know, there was times that we moved back to St. Barb, which is my mom, because uh, she's so perfect. That's why I call her St. Barb. We'll say it to her face and behind her back. And we moved back and there's like three times. You know, we could have, you know, while our other friends were, you know, doing partying and having all this freedom, you know, within the first three years of our marriage, I started a business, I bought a house and we had Victoria, you know, so we had everything really, really fast in a compressed period of time. But some of that was like, what should, should I, you know, I was doing three jobs, but should straight get a job? I'm like, no, because 
let's move in with mom so you can be there with Victoria and all this. And because that honors what our priorities were, we knew what we wanted and, and that's important. And so when our first house was a thousand square feet, a thousand square feet was our first home that we bought. And I added 700 square feet to it. And then so, and, and I knew I could, right? It wasn't the, obviously my wife, did, it wasn't my wife's, oh, I want that house. But I knew what she wanted because she would drive all the time her dream house, just like you and Justin do, dream neighborhood. And I said, you know what? Blink is now profitable. I'll get you any house, any you want, as big as you want. Two things. I get my own theater. I get my own Star Wars room. And she goes, of course, dear. And so that's what set a trend, a trend and we've never looked back. And I knew what she wanted. And it was as big as the property would allow us to build. <laughs> in the neighborhood what? on the place where she wanted to be. Yeah. What's funny is grandma, I think even, so she, I think pretty much, I mean, she was really, really supportive um, for, for all the stories that I've heard you share and that she has shared with you growing up. And then when she became a grandma, um, mom and dad. So for those of you who don't know, mom and dad moved to Orlando right after I graduated high school. And so I was finishing up my AA down in Fort Myers, Florida. And so just for a bit, I moved in with her as I was finishing up before we were all going to be re relocating to Orlando. And that was when I was stumbling upon my entrepreneurial journey. And so not only did she have my dad growing up taking over her house multiple times with first toys and play sets and all of that, and then to business things and baby me running around and all of that. But then I came back and became a roommate again and then moved in with her and took over her living room for my Mary Kay business. And I would have these total strangers over to her. I mean, I knew them, of course, but there were these total strangers. And she's like, hi, welcome. Welcome to, you know, Victoria's new room. And it was just the whole living room covered in Mary Kay stuff. I had my desk in there and everything. And she just, she was super, super supportive of that. So, I mean, yeah, definitely a testament to saint barb and yeah we do we do call her that she will respond if you call her saint barb she'll laugh but she'll respond she knows who that is yeah she's awesome yeah well she, she was a southern baptist deacon uh for probably 70 years now i mean she taught bible study for 65 years until she moved up here we've been here for five years so that's about 70 years yeah wow. she's, maybe that's a little bit off but that's it's a long time let me say that and she that's a very long time to be a southern baptist deacon as a woman and teaching Bible study. But and I do have three sisters, by the way. And so as the, I guess as the boy, she had to give me extra space to let me do my thing. That's probably why I got catered to from that. But she poured into all the kids' passions too. So it wasn't just like me. And, and by the way, the reason why we went to Orlando was Victoria was like, hey, I want to go to art school. And I said, okay, we're going to go with you. <laughs> that was number one. You're going, we're going. And LA or Orlando, and they all voted for Orlando. And then we put our house in the market. We had a condo ready to go until it sold. You know, like that. I mean, we signed the contract for this nice condo. We're ready to pack and then got a full offer for the house. I guess, I guess we'll go up there and get Orlando warmed up for you because we got a full offer. So yeah. So, so they beat, they beat me up there. And then yeah. Jess and I were visiting Orlando so much on the weekends to see my parents, that grandma who was insistent that she was not relocating. She loved Fort Myers. That was such a major part of her life. She was not leaving with us visiting so much, she got a taste of what it would be like if we were all up there. And she was like, after maybe like the third trip or something, it, it didn't take long. She was like, oh, well, you know, maybe it wouldn't be that bad if I moved up there with you guys. Cause then I wouldn't be by myself. And we're like, yeah, sounds good. So she relocated up there with us. She still lives yeah. right down the street. Yeah, um, cool. 
so yeah, we just we just relocated our our whole clan. Um, one of the things, so you're you're super creative from both perspectives. I think of how people would define creative. So you're really creative with painting and drawing and creating things in a more traditional art sense, and then you're also really creative with technology and putting pieces together on like Photoshop and Illustrator and all of that. And I think for me, you really redefined how um, art can be looked at. You're really great at combining the modern tech world with traditional art. And I think that that's really cool because I think that gives you such an edge in what you create. So you're not just painting something, you're you're painting something and then you do stuff with it underwater and then you take pictures of that and then you put it into Photoshop and you add these layers to it and you do the lighting and all of that. And it's just, it's cool because I think people can, I think it's hard sometimes for creatives to um, get the permission they need to break the boundaries that they see in order to kind of get in their their zone or create their signature work that really represents them. And I think you do such a great job at breaking those boundaries for yourself, but not only for yourself, for other people as well, and not just the family with your with your clients and the entrepreneurs and the creatives that you work with on a regular basis too. Well, I think there's, well, there's a several things that, that, that feed into that. Um, I'm going to be very careful. I think you need to be prepared, you know, uh, you, and I will tell you one, I, I really, honestly, I only learned like maybe three things in college. Um, granted I had private art lessons for, you know, decade plus before I went to college and all it was, was other art lessons. I'm like, uh, you know, I, I know this, I'm here to create something bigger than how to draw better. You know, I, I'm not, I want to learn how to do business, which did not do its job. But what I, what I would do is, um, you know, under, first of all, you, you got to be prepared for it. But one of the lessons I learned was that if you're not creative, just start drawing. Now, I'm rarely not like that, by the way. But I, what, I, what I learned from that is, is, is if you're about to do a task, just start it, right? And it's a simple thing. So if you're looking for creativity, just start writing, just start drawing. Now, again, I'm telling you this, honestly, I, rare, I mean, I've used that technique maybe three times in my life. Now I am drawing again. And part of my upgrading my studio is an entire section of everything you could imagine an artist's dream would have from paints, acrylics and pastels and paper and canvases and all this cool stuff. And it's really, really awesome. And here I'll, I'll, I'll give the live audience a little look. I think we showed this last week, but you know, that's my creative area like that. You know, you know that's, that's an actual art table that's traveled everywhere I've gone from high, I got in high school and, um, so I, I, I do this and, and I was actually drawing something. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm actually having to draw something. Not digital, I mean draw. And it was daunting to draw again because I haven't actually detailed draw ah, in a long time, probably 10 years, right? But it came back, obviously I, I pushed through it, but that was actually daunting for me. I was like, ah. So one of the things I look at to, to keep that going and I call it flow. And I know that we're going to do two parts and we'll talk about the flow is, is how am I always in this flow is it's when I look at something as a technique or a tool or something cool, and I'm not talking shiny objects, you know, but they are to a lot of people, right? A lot of people, I go, how can I use that? See, a lot of times that we start buying things or collecting things or, and I, and I mean, this like tools for our business right? An, an artist palette or 
utilize a system or process a a even even in marketing and all you know we all know we, hey, we can have this this and this and we collect all these things but we never step how can i use it and how can i use it right now you know there's things i see all the time i mean instagram and facebook love me they know how to target me with the latest technology if you if you want to sell me something show me something the latest technology that has anything to do with creativity it's you know i'll buy it and they'll, they'll tell me but i go okay this is the projects I'm working on. How can I utilize that? Oh, I can't, don't need it. I know how to, and that will amplify the story this way. So I, I share that with you to share is that there's always things that we could have, should have be doing. And I don't chase that rabbit. I just look at what's out there, what will allow me to express myself more. And it's all backed and started by a very driven message. This is what I'm trying to accomplish from a message and story. How can that amplify that? How can it bring it to the next level? How can it bring it more real? And that's a hard challenge. And so, you know, the biggest time that this time is we don't touch things for two weeks. So I have to plan my creative time and that flow. And I've never planned flow before. I just wake up and do it, you know, and everything's at my fingertips. So, you know, we've gone through a lot of changes. And when I realized that, I saw the amplification of what I'm producing. And I'm telling you right now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm producing the greatest work of my life, which surprises me. And you've never heard me say words like that. And part of that is, is because I'm able to get into the flow. I, and, I, and I have invested in the resources. And it's not silly resources. It's resources that are very purposely purchased and planned to execute. So when I wake up, that I can just get it done. And I'll, and I'll tell you something I realized as well, which is kind of weird. One thing I realized was I will normally wake up 4.35 o'clock. First of all, I don't use alarms. I'll wake up at 4.35 o'clock on a Thursday, Friday, sometimes Thursdays, mostly Fridays, every Saturday, every Sunday. Because I don't need any energy for anything else except to be me. So I can't, I can't get up any earlier than that. When I wake up, I run into the studio and I mean, this Sunday, I, I did like 20 paintings, uh, three chapters. Uh, I photographed all of it. I was standing from seriously five o'clock in the morning till three o'clock in the afternoon. And I didn't even think about it, but I was prepared for high production. You know, that's why I kind of collect and put different areas. And I think that's important to create your space for your flow to, um, invest in your flow and and that flow is it's really when you're in that jam right where you're grooving when you're you know in the spirit um you know i know that we have our protected time and if you look at our protective time that we teach our clients victoria you know with our ceo calendar like mondays or business days or fridays or dream days just a little quick snippet there part of the reason for that is so that people can get into their flow because that's where your genius just shines and I've learned that's, that's actually one of the, my new lessons is how to create flow for yourself and the power of that flow to get things done and, and be on fire. You know, and someone said, I saw it in the chat going, I want what T's on <laughs> this, you know, before we started with our audience and I'm in my flow, I'm on nothing. Trust me. I talked to some of y'all at six 30 this morning. Maybe I was almost like this, but it didn't take me too long to get there. But <laughs> Yeah, you, oh. you get fired up pretty quick, which is awesome. I think a lot of people envy that. Yeah. So I have two questions for wait, you. Wait, wait, but I want to leave that this okay. is I think you need to design your life to amplify your flow 
And I think you'll be best served as human beings. And this is why we all do community together. And I'm looking at the live audience as part of our audience together, which is we do entrepreneurial life together. I think it's important that, and this is why we do this. We want you to be in your flow. If you're, if you learn nothing but from us, what this community gives you is allow you to step into your flow fully so we can pour into you. Do y'all feel that? That's, that's, that's what's so important. Go ahead, Vic. So I have two questions that I genuinely love to just ask people in general and that I will be now asking each one of my podcast guests. So the first one is what are you learning? Like right now in life, what are you learning? Oh gosh, honey. I know. I, I didn't mean, give that to the last, I didn't give that to you on purpose so you can appreciate it. On the last 12 months, I learned every musical application there is. And it's the hardest thing I've ever learned in my life. I've tried every, uh, uh, Oh gosh. Um, I, I, I'm constantly, but I'm executing and learning. It's, it's by learning by doing. So it's not like studying. It's, you know, it's like, this is what Your I want experience. to create. How, yeah. Experimenting. Yeah. I'm more experimenting than learning. I want to create this vision. Can I take water? Can I take paint? Can I time-lapse photography that? Can I destroy that piece of work and produce something beautiful out of it? Now what's going to have to do that? I need a bucket. I need some, this, I need some fake blood. Yep. You heard it. I need some fire, you know, and let's, let's, let's create something. So that's more experimenting from that perspective. Um, that's, that's there. The, 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 that is a technical from the music side, just applications. I mean, every, I know almost every single musical thing out there at this point from a software perspective. Um, and, and I'm not a musician. I just know how to produce this stuff, I guess now to create my vision. Uh, on the other side, um, I'm learning empathy. You know, because of the stories that I'm telling uh, of of hope and healing and redemption, empathy is is something I'm learning, and I'm also learning the value of human connection, um, of of why uh, you know other people's dreams. That's that's a big lesson this year is other people's dreams and how important they are. So that's something I'm very much learning, and I'm also learning where to, how to stand up for myself. You know, that's something also I have not done. You know, going hey, you know what, this is my boundaries. And I'm going to stick in my boundaries and being comfortable with that, not saying a yes, being a yes person anymore and not being a people pleaser so that I can, and check this out, invest wholly into those who, who matter. Right. And, and, and I'm looking at the audience right now and that's y'all. So that, that's what I'm learning. I, I love that answer. Yeah. I, I, and I like that you answered it through, there's a technical, there's a skill set, and then just that, that human connection, the empathy part, because I think that's something that we should all be striving to learn. There's going to be some technical skills that you're going to be learning and things, you know, factual vocabulary, you know, flashcard types of style. But then there's also things that you're going to be learning through experience that are more like life skills. And so I, I like that you answer both parts of that. Um, my second question would be, what are you unlearning? So what will be something? Oh, that I think I answered that though. Well, what will be something that you thought you knew? that you're now having to unlearn, whether it's something that was kind of just programmed into you, you grew up learning, something that you thought you knew that apparently you, there's more to it or that it was wrong or what are you unlearning? Oh, well, I told you I don't talk to dad much anymore. So there, okay. I, there's not a lot that I have to unlearn. Every once we talk, I go, okay, thanks for letting me unlearn that. Seriously. Fair you enough. Know, funny. You know, my dad was telling me, hey, I, I said, how he goes, how things going? Because he, he wanted to see the grandkids and he drove by the driveway, stopped in the driveway and, you know, social distance and all that. And he goes, I'm doing all these broadcasts. And I said, cool. I said, so am I. He goes, yeah, yeah, but mine are different. I said, well, what are you using? He goes, this, this, this. I said, well, we're doing Zoom. And I said, yeah, you need help? He goes, no, no, you don't understand. Okay, dad. 
So I had to unlearn that comment. Um, <laughs> I've only been broadcasting like this for 20 years. So saying that, um, what I, you know, what I had to, music was hard. Music was hard because I started to learn music and then I realized it was robbing me of my creativity. And, and I realized the creative expression and capturing that time and energy. And when you talked about how I merged technology and art, one of the reasons why I've always looked at art and technology is technology allows me to speed up. And as an illustrator, I'm a great illustrator. I'm a realist. By the way, I'm a realist. This is a new thing for me too, I learned. I'm a realistic painter. So as a realist, there's a perfectionist about that. I am now more tapped into realistic energy, realistic emotion. So that allows me to be more expressive, more loose, more free. And technology allows me to produce stuff fast. And the reason why I'm not a traditional illustrator anymore and I haven't been in, in, in decades is because it takes time to draw the lines, right? And, and while I push pixels now, that allows me to amplify and speed up my production because of my ADD and my attention. And I can produce more. That's why I'm always keen on the, on the technology, but I never lose the artistic craft in that. I never, I, I always, how can I use it? You know, and, and not, not should I, it's cool. You know, it has to justify itself. It has to make sense to amplify the story, the piece or whatever we're doing. So um, there's, I don't know what I'm really unlearning except the, uh, my first answer kind of answered that, but I stopped learning music. How to well, play. yeah, I mean, I think the way you were framing the way that you did previously learn music and how that was um, received to you in your mind, you're unlearning that that is um, the only way because it, it's not. There's lots of ways that you can produce the music that you're producing. And so unlearning the traditional route and now learning the way that you're going about it and creating out or can creating like your flow, your process, I think is a, is a great answer. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today, dad. Um, so thank you for having me on your show. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. You qualified. I was thinking, you know, what are some cool guests that I could have on? I was like, eh, he'll pass. Thank you. You're <laughs> welcome. Love you, baby girl. No, this has been awesome. Seriously. Thank you. And I appreciate that. Um, you sharing some time with us and teaching my audience a little bit more about you and what you do. Cause obviously you're a really influential person in my life. And a lot of the things that I get to do now today and the things that I am and the things that I learn are because of you. So I appreciate that. Ditto. Way, way to go, dad. Way to go, girl. As we come to a close, I want to go over our remember research and challenge for the week. Remember as creatives, we need to pour into ourselves and our passions. These are things that cannot be ignored. So don't forget to take inventory on the time you're putting into the things that light you up and then go the extra step and ask how you can pour into the people around you and further fuel their dreams. Research. Where are you feeling out of the flow? What can you do to change your circumstances in a way that will allow you to get back into that flow once again, or maybe even for the first time in your life? Challenge. Make those changes. Rearrange your living room. Make your art supplies more accessible. Clean up your calendar by saying no to the things that don't serve you. Start looking at your life with this lens of flow and adjust everything that blocks your flow. Thank you so much for tuning in. My goal for this podcast is that this inspires you to take control of your life and intentionally live in a way that allows you to stay in the flow in order to live into your best self. If you would like to learn more about World Dominating Brand, join our World Dominating Alliance, or to stay further connected, go ahead and like my Facebook page, Victoria Rook, or schedule some time at victoriarook.com. 
And as always, as you build your empire, just remember, you can lead a life of fear or you can lead a life of love. So allow every decision you make to be made with love. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you next week.